When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What did you think about the royal wedding, Dave? I don't give a shit about the royal wedding. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, you know, it's uh, the only reason why I have any sort of interest is because I started watching The Crown on Netflix. Okay, saw a little bit of that, but Some other than there. yeah, other than that, my wife and was watching it uh, the other weekend whatever it was and i was just i was outdoors you know grilling yeah on your flat top <laughs> on my flat top griddle. <laughs> you know part of me wants it this feels so fake because the royal family doesn't really have any power um i, I don't i almost like to get uh get into a world where the royal family actually has power yeah and there is a real monarchy that exists in the world there was a show there was an nbc show um, a number of years ago, maybe ten years ago now, um, that was called Kings, and it starred um, oh god, what's the guy's name? Um, he was he was in Deadwood. Um, Ian yeah, McShane. Ian McShane. Yeah, he plays a king, and it's it's actually it's set in modern day modern oh, day. Oh, interesting. He is a king. They have you know some that's just the government. Yeah, and it's in a way it's like well you know what we have now is you know we have elected officials, but they're all crooks and they all don't really care what we think. Right. And here is there's a king. So on the other hand, it's monarchy versus democracy. Not that I want to really debate this right now, but <laughs> it is. It makes me think of that. Like right. I don't care about it, but maybe I would care if it actually meant something. Yeah. Because in a way, it's just these rich people getting married. Which yeah. It's just like a celebrity wedding because I don't follow celebrity weddings, so that's sort of how I saw it. Yeah. It's. Yeah, you're not a big celebrity gossip guy. Um, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really. Yeah, I don't get what the big deal is. Yeah, they're royal, but again, like you said, they have no power or whatsoever. It would be really cool if the king or queen uh, could, you know, ask for somebody's head. You know, like on Game of Thrones style, like have that much power yeah. or, or bring they, me their head. Or maybe before anything happens, they have like a final like veto power yeah. or something like that. Where you know now the queen is just a just a nice old lady that just kind of sits there and everyone's just kind of waiting for her to kill over. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can't I can't believe she's still alive. Even her husband, uh, the whatever his name is, Philip. Yeah, she's the Elizabeth from the Crown, right? Yeah, she is the the Elizabeth from the Crown. Exactly. 1940s. Yeah, crazy, it's crazy. I mean, good for her for her longevity. But, yeah, yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to give her like you know a button that she could press that could send someone through a trapdoor and kill them. <laughs> Man, that's morbid. Um, it really is. Yeah, uh, her father is Colin Firth. The king who is in the king's speech, okay, yeah. is her father, the stutterer. Did gotcha. you see this king's speech? I did not. Speaking of England and the royal family, though, okay. uh, Stanley Kubrick yeah. is American. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, there's that. That uh, uh, relates in no way. But speaking to... of old, there we go. Speaking of old, it's the 50th anniversary I this know. year yeah. of 2001, Crazy. A Space Odyssey. It's insane. You know, we, we were, do, were doing this movie, and I'm thinking, is this the oldest movie we did? The answer is no. It was another Stanley Kubrick movie. Oh. We did St- Dr. Strangelove, which I think was 1964. Was that the oldest, five? though? Oh, I don't know. Did we do what, one old? what year did Vertigo? 
Oh, that was 1960 or 59. I think, yeah, so yeah. I guess maybe Vertigo is the oldest one we've done. Yeah, but either way, I mean, yeah, two Kubrick films in the 60s, which I've always said, like, I feel like 70s uh, movies is like as far back as I usually go. But uh, lately, I've been getting into more 60s films. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm liking... Vertigo is 1958, by the way. They have a, 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 a color palette and style that I really like. Right, yep. There's something they have like clean lines and they're yeah. I don't know it, like the 70s are good but they're very gritty and like gritty and like not always a good way right uh, so there's you have that transition I don't know yeah I, I think we're, we're both getting like we're liking 60 era yeah 60s yeah the era 60s area is definitely cool uh, it's got more of like a a modern feel to it I don't know if like today like we're going with more 60s style and stuff like yeah, you know like, like fashion comes back and like different trends it's clean, come back clean yeah. lines yeah, yeah the way people are yeah this movie is 50 years old and it does not feel like it's 50 years no. old at all yeah it looks like maybe maybe from the 80s uh, yeah, it's in some just the technology, right? But it almost even it, so. I mean, I think I said this to you. This doesn't even feel old. It just feels like it's in an alternate universe. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like this just could have been a different path that people took, and that's where they are. Like, right. Yeah. It doesn't seem fantastical well, or weird or I don't know. Well, because all the effects are practical. Like there's no like computer. Uh, CGI whatsoever whereas you know Star Wars came out nine years after this and there's still it still looks great yeah. uh, but it, it seems a little dated I'd, I'd say it seems more dated than this does in some ways in some ways yeah, yeah. And, and I think uh, which I love Star Wars that's not a knock on Star Wars no the, but the worst the, the the parts of this movie that don't look good are just mostly the most some of the space scenes which just a you know it's a prop going you know what it is it's just right, a, yeah. a model that's yeah. going across Okay, whatever. But you get talk about set design. Mm-hmm. I, I love to talk about how great Ridley Scott is and setting up a movie and setting up you know the set and creating a world. Right, Stanley Kubrick. I know. Oh. It's just a master. It's so his style, especially the scene when they that one guy first gets on that space station. Um, the doctor or whatever who skypes his daughter. Um, right. The 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 seats they're sitting in and stuff like in the lo- the wide angle shot of everything. Beautiful. Um, it's like when they're sitting in that waiting room or whatever. Yeah, it looks great and it's just it has a Stanley Kubrick feel to it, like a Clockwork Orange. It yeah. reminded me of a little. Um, even some Doctor Strange love, like I saw a little bit in this, just the different shots he chose. Well, like you think of the War Room, yeah, the, the War shots Room, yeah, exactly. Which are some of the most, even in black and white, are some of the most beautiful looking right. things you'll see. And a lot of this movie, oh my goodness, it's like he's shooting in HD. Yeah, I know. It's like crystal clear. I don't know if this is like just we're watching remastered copies or whatever. If that's the case, then I hope they do this to so many more movies because, like, especially like um, like Blade Runner or something, mm -hmm. like to be even like because I think that has pretty good copies out, but it's not fully crystal clear. Like if they could make something like this, where well, the lighting too. There's a lot of white. Yeah, so everything is like perfectly lit in this film. Whereas Blade Runner, everything's dark, so you lose a bit of detail in there. But yeah, this looks like like it was shot yesterday. A lot of these scenes, similar how I felt with Vertigo, the version I watched of Vertigo, just how great it looked. It's just incredible. But 
uh, again, this is Stanley Kubrick, not Hitchcock. Which we're, so we're both I, coming around to Kubrick. I know. I, yeah, I was telling you a couple days ago that yeah, I think I'm becoming a big Kubrick fan, which is like I said, is not a rare thing to say. But no, it's, I, it's, it, yeah, I mean, we're, I, we're not early to this party. But, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want. Well, part of my in the back of my mind, I'm wondering if he actually peaked in this period. If this was actually his best filmmaking was in the '60s, and and then you know what we got later was not as good. Right, and I want. Yeah. I don't know. But these are two brilliant movies, and maybe if we just keep watching, maybe we'll think they're all brilliant. I think we we talked a bit on uh, Full Metal Jacket, um, which yeah, I think we've even talked touched on that in other shows. Yeah, just the the first half is good, the second half you know falls apart for me. Yeah, I don't really even care um, about the second. Yeah, half. Yeah, exactly. I just want to watch the, the drill, stuff. Yeah, yeah, drill sergeant and uh, everything like that. I do want to start looking into his other films, like uh, Barry Lyndon. Um, Never saw that. Me neither. Uh, the Killing, I was looking up. I hear that's great. Never saw that. Me neither. You ever see Eyes, <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut? No. I saw it. Um, I might want to revisit that one, actually. I think this is... I've seen Clockwork Orange, I've seen this, and I've seen Strange Love, and I've... Okay, Full Metal Jacket, and then The Shining. Right. So I think those are the five I've actually movies. never seen a Clockwork Orange. Okay. So that's one it's, of my confessions. Yeah, I mean, I do want to check it out again. Uh, it's definitely not easy to watch because there's some brutal stuff in it. Yeah, that's what um, I hear, yeah. But, uh, but it's good. It's got, you know, st- you know those classic shots like I was saying, you know, how it looked like Clockwork Orange and, you know, some shots even in this. Um, but, yeah, I think that's one we should definitely explore sometime. I definitely – but, again, after watching this, it definitely wants me to check out Kubrick more. But I, I understand you said you've seen 2001 before. You know, I thought I did, and I knew the story, and I well, I think I saw it as, like – I think I saw it as a kid, like an actual kid. This movie mm-hmm. is G, rated G, by the way. I know. And I would is, not let my <laughs> children see this, No, actually. <laughs> it's, There's no sex or violence, but this is not for children. No, not at all. It's, it's too much – yeah, it. it's almost too much for me. I know, <laughs> in some ways. Um, so I, the like the beginning, like the stuff with Hal Nine Thousand and Dave. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and I know it. But it, the beginning stuff, I don't remember any of this. Right. It was like watching it for the first time, and I wonder if it was almost. I saw. I really. I think I saw it when I was like eight or nine years old. It was like yeah. on on video or something. So there's no way I was able to really process this movie. So I almost consider it a first watching. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a first watching for me. I've I've seen you know just clips of it. Like I've I was familiar with a lot of the story just yeah. from you know just a, you know you can't. I mean, it's pop culture icon. Yeah, exactly. Like when you research movies and stuff, you you watch different videos and they bring up different scenes of you know uh, different movies. And you know, I've seen I've seen the Hell Nine Thousand stuff yeah. before, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, this is my first time. Actually sitting down and watching it. I say the phrase blown away a lot, <laughs> but I was truly, yeah. truly blown away by this movie. It is 50 years old, and I, I think if I saw this 50 years ago, I would, you know, it might have exploded my brain. <laughs> it would have been, I cannot imagine seeing this movie in the theater 50 years ago. I know, I was, uh, you know, in 1968, it doesn't feel like people were ready for this movie. Like, it didn't no. do too well at the box office initially. Oh, no? I guess a lot of its box office appeal was to younger teenagers who mm-hmm. would go 
on psychedelics like acid and stuff they would actually yeah, go and watch it and that's, that's that. like a lot of the because the studio wanted to pull it from the theater and then the really? different theater chains were saying no the young teenagers like it because they take these psychedelics and, so <laughs> and this watch thing it nearly flopped yeah oh my god yeah can you imagine i mean it did win oscar for best special uh visual effects which yeah. How could it not? <laughs> you know. Um, well, there is if there is a critique in this film, and I think it's valid um, today. And I, I would assume then he stretches this thing out. Yeah, way there's too long. so many scenes that are just like this is still going on. Yeah, like it's like a docking sequence yeah. or a landing sequence of a ship, and I'm yeah. like, all right. It's two minutes. You can do this in like 10 seconds. Right, exactly. Uh, even, I think it would be longer than two minutes. Like, I was thinking like some things are like 10 minutes. You could do this in two minutes. Um, like, a lot of the stuff reminded me of Interstellar, just mind-wise, Very but also much. that one docking scene in Interstellar what I, that I talked about when I was just yeah. like, man, how long is this taking? Um, I got to think, well, the, the, actually, that space station sort of looked yeah, that's, like yeah. the one, what we saw in I You in could definitely tell that Christopher Nolan got inspiration oh, from this movie. Without I mean, a doubt. Well, so much sci-fi movies, in fact, you know, had to have gotten inspiration from Interstellar this Interstellar goes in its own path, um, but the, the themes are very similar. You get um, something, you know, um, in, 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 in 2001, you get the monolith. Right. In Interstellar, you get the wormholes. Right. And, yeah, something appears. Right. Yeah. And the question is, you know, in, in both of these movies, who's who's opening the, who's giving these things and i think right. in, in 2001 it's clear it's something else this right. is some some sort of alien right it's not humans it doesn't seem like no it's definitely not yeah it's in interstellar alien. i think it was clear that it was people mm-hmm. um and in interstellar a lot of the themes are that the answer is inside of you it's in your heart it's in your belief system that sort of thing and that's not what we get at all in 2001 right so nolan blazes his own path but he's certainly borrowing Oh, from absolutely. This a lot. And, no, and no one gives us more answers, I'd say, even though there's still a lot open for interpretation. Yeah, I would like say that. that too. And I th- actually, well, this one, so it's the 50th anniversary. It, it uh, got screened. There's a 70 millimeter version that got screened at Cannes. And I think Christopher Nolan introduced it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, that's, so, yeah. And then you said this was this is playing in select theaters. Yeah. I guess in Not L- around us. Yeah. A bunch of people I follow uh, on Twitter and stuff that live in LA have said how they, you know, went and saw this in. In L.A. and oh, just, it must have been amazing. And it uh, it made two hundred thousand dollars this past weekend, which was the same weekend Deadpool came out and Infinity War was still in the theaters. Right. And per theater, it was the uh, top movie of the weekend. Really? <laughs> yeah, per wow. theater. But I mean, that's well, that's something. like four theaters, but still. Hey, if, <laughs> I wish it was playing around. I couldn't me find too. a place playing around. Yeah, here. me neither. It'd be nice. Yeah, I'd definitely. love to see this. I know because this, this is definitely a movie experience. You know, this is this is the ultimate theater experience. Like I said, you know, I texted it to you. This is truly a space opera. Like yeah. whenever someone described that as Star Wars as a space opera, like I still don't fully understand or comprehend it. I feel like I understand that with this movie. I would agree one hundred percent. It's got that. the classical music. Yeah, you know each each you know. 
move segment of the movie starts with just this long classical music just you're going through the motions with the characters and then or, you see how this movie has been parodied over the years yeah this is like you know the bah, yep. bah, bah, bah. i yeah. mean that's been parodied a million times right the drums it's like space balls playing the drums yep exactly uh dave going through the thing that's like when they're like we're going to plaid and space yep. balls i didn't even <laughs> yeah. know that's what that came oh, from. oh yeah. yeah yeah i didn't realize that either <laughs> wow yeah so it's been picked so space balls is I think it's like a 2001 and a Star Wars like fun make fun of so interesting yeah, bit on that but so this movie is sort of like maybe isn't like maybe four or five major parts we start off it's called the Dawn of Man Dawn of Man I love that name and it's you know it feels important right yeah <laughs> but you're in like ancient Africa we assume right, there's monkeys yeah. and they're like the it's I mean it, this one takes a bit of time but I'm not I'm in it though yeah I'm me not too bored by which it. I think. What helps with that is the beginning of the movie is just a black screen with this like ominous music playing, just like building sets up and you building up, up just yeah. totally sets you up. I thought there was something wrong with my TV or something at first. So <laughs> Where's the like, movie? What's going on? Are we okay here? Yeah. Um, I did too, actually. But, uh, but yeah, everything was fine. A, yeah, you get a bad copy here <laughs> yeah. and there or something like that. But so you end up with these sort of like these warring tribes, monk, apes, chimps, I don't know what they are. Yeah. Uh, one like there's like a leopard who like takes their one of their young so they're terrified and then they're like battling over the or this watering hole or something and they go back to this area and here is this slab this monolith as they call it it's just like yeah, a like a big rec- rectangle standing black yeah rec- and I like how they t- he takes his time showing it to us because they like show the monkeys or apes waking up yeah yeah um slowly waking up one ape sees it and he like wakes up the others and they, they yeah, slowly yeah. bring it back and i uh you know before we get to that too just the i love the shots of the savannah he's showing like uh you know before it's a classic he shows filmmaking. anything just it's beautiful showing everything yep. and the silence, of the silence the yeah, silence of nature thing yeah just it's just crazy just Maybe you hear like how a bird this, squawk or something, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like how this earth, like just if it's just so peaceful, like just no humans yet. Right. Just how peaceful it was. <laughs> and now it's just like, and you know, gunshots. You know, that's the sound of the world. Dave. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> I, exactly I just I felt at peace. Uh, is what I, you know I was trying to. Yeah, because well, that's what at. he's showing. He's yeah. showing a world basically not not without life, but before right before all the before honking me. and the, yeah. the guns. At least yeah, my, the, they're they're sort of like they're really hesitant to touch this thing, and they do. And then you see the sun come over the yeah. monolith. <laughs> Such a cool shot. And then we get to see that we, what we get from this is there's a monkey hanging out, and he realizes after he's touched this thing that now he's like contemplating his himself within the world, and he he's like surrounded by a pile of bones. Picks up like a femur or something, and realizes that this is a tool. Right. And then it you know that's it was so the monolith is just a. A spur of evolution, or right? Like yeah, that, right? exactly. Yep. So then they they end up with his tribe ends up all you know having holding these femurs and chase out. They kill another monkey. They have like a war, and that's sort of where we get to, right? Right. Yeah. Crazy. And just uh, and this is about twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes. Yeah, at least twenty. We don't get 20, a, 25 minutes. We don't get a line of dialogue until 20. nearly twenty six minutes yeah. into this movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I did. pause I it and see it. me too yeah as soon as I heard someone talking I was like wait what was that when was this yeah, over, I, said, um, I have written it down over 25 minutes before dialogue yep. yeah. 
but yeah, just but still, it's so captivating with the 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 monkeys and everything. I'm on board, yeah. Like it's you know the the effects. I mean, you know, Except, this is right before. I think this is the same year Planet of the Apes came I out. I think these I look think. better than Planet of the Apes. Yeah, they look great. Yeah. Um, no, the Planet of the Apes, there was they had to like talk and right, they had exactly, to articulate yeah. and all that, but still. But even the way great. they were like moving yeah. and walking, it's like yeah. it was it was it's outstanding. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just love the music and and has these you know realizing this is the tool the music is playing yeah and then they use it's, it against them and then the thing throws he throws it up in the air that yeah. I, that it's iconic Amazing. he throws it in the air and it turns into the uh satellite oh, or the satellite, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the ship yeah exactly iconic uh, it's brilliant love it so you get that nice transition right yep and then we're in this space world that looks familiar but fantastical right but i feel like i could step in there and be okay yeah Although it doesn't make sense. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's this beautiful, um, crazy, fantastical place, but yeah, somehow it's a, accessible. Right. It's a space station. Right. But he's like, he's flying on like a shuttle. It's like just oh, almost like an right. airline yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He gets into the space station where it's like a circle and it's like, a, what is that? Like Hilton Hotels and like Howard Johnson right, or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it feels it's, so familiar. It's just, and it's just crazy what they thought 2001 would be. I know. <laughs> God, we really <laughs> dropped the ball, didn't we? Right? Um, yeah, you see like a pen floating in the air, so you know it's uh, it's in space and there's no gravity. And I like the touch of, you know, there's the stewardess is walking, but grip they shoes. show her shoes. Yeah, yeah. Gri- grip shoes. So that was a nice little touch. Good. Somehow they like, I don't know what they do, but you're, you're, they grip. They, so you, they grip. You know? <laughs> so you, but you can like walk upside down in them and yeah. do all kinds of crazy stuff. Right, yeah. Um, Pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, I, I don't know, just for me, this whole this this twenty minutes of this guy I forget his name because uh, we never Doctor something or other Doctor something <laughs> we see Doctor something and we're like I don't know I'm like transfixed by all this stuff right me too yeah. I cannot get enough of it and then he talks to a guy they're asking him about something about it it's, well we find out that he's like a part of some government agency whatever right. and he, it's under some kind of secrecy which we find out I mean I'm we want to move along quickly here right yeah there, there's this object buried on the right. moon which they want to go find which turns out to be a monolith yeah how cool is this when, when they, it's on the moon oh my yeah God, i that know little like dug out thing yeah. he's got it's just and in, the music it's like the, these like dueling voices and the effects on it yeah oh, they had the dueling voices that is just so i think that's or what it's like they a were, million voices almost, i think that's what like, they were playing at the beginning when it was okay. just black it almost I sounds like like buzzing bees but yeah. it's like human voices right yeah. yeah it's just so like there's an eerie feeling about it yeah which is just yeah it just totally sucks you in um but yeah just the effects and everything just the how like that it, like I, it was almost flawless you know just how they were you know the world building yeah the cinematography the acting it's, the the play the, the little movements the actors do there's like very little dialogue in this whole movie. Right, yeah. There's just not a lot of talking. And it's not needed. No, it's not, which is great. Um, I love not talking. Well, <laughs> or yeah. like listening to people talk. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just like, you don't need it. Right. You're telling me a story and I, you do it visually. That's and, great. And uh, the uh, I love when, um, like I like how you know he's given the conference that reminded me of Dr. Strange Love right there, the wide shot of him in the conference like telling them like this is a secret. Yeah. You know, I pre- we Those really appreciate windows. you. Yeah, the white windows. Um, but I liked uh, that just like little um, montage or whatever um, after he does the Skype call with his daughter, which that's that's a good prediction there, Skype call. Beautiful. Um, 
A lot of wide shots in this Yeah, movie. but I, I love the little humor in this movie when they it, it shows him reading instructions for the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's instructions for the toilet. It's like... Zero-gravity toilet. Yeah. It's like, how would you do this? Right. <laughs> Five different uh, things, and it's just like all like just paragraphs I know, long. Like, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, and they're drinking out of like... You get like sweet potato out of a straw, right? Like, yeah, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah, eventually, I think they actually get sandwiches when they get on their way to the moon, which is a nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah, and that's when he's talking with the other two astronauts about just how you know the secrecy of it and everything like that. So it's definitely a mystery to everything, which Kubrick, you know, definitely leaves us in the dark. Pretty much this whole movie. Um, yeah, you don't really we're, know. We're what... in the dark just as much as the other astronauts. We know these monoliths do something, but we don't know what, and then. They yeah they're on the moon and they're we have this craziness and they're approaching it they're shooting video of yeah. it yeah and they touch it just like the just, apes do yeah and then the then the we see the sun go over it just like it did on Earth yep. millions of years ago and there's some really loud noise that's really painful to these men right. and then it cuts away yep cuts away done don't know what happens to them yep and then eighteen months, 18 later, months later Jupiter <laughs> something Jupiter mission or something. Uh, they're on the Discovery, which it's called. Um, no, I don't. Oh, I have one really just weird side point. Yeah. Um, when they're in the beginning part, when they're on the moon, I was confused because I think what looked like Earth doesn't look like what I think Earth looks like. Uh, it seemed more like like a light blue. I yeah. don't know if this happened before we had really good pictures of Earth. Yeah, I would. Or not. I would think so. Probably. I don't know, yeah. but. Because this is, when did we land on the moon? 68 or 69? We were up, yeah. we were in space taking pictures, so I don't know, but that's this one true. didn't seem like it really, maybe that's just me, but it didn't look to me like Earth. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think much of it. Um, yeah, they probably just, that was probably the best way to practically do it, maybe. I don't yeah, know, maybe, maybe they couldn't do it. I don't, I don't know, just know. a weird side point. But, yeah. well, cause hey. It made me confused, because they're like, the, like they're the moon, I'm like, which moon? Because that doesn't look like Earth, but it was. Right. So, anyways. So yeah, then they jump to the the Jupiter mission. Um, yeah, right after that, we have no idea what happened to the people on the moon. Anything like that it jumps yeah. to this other so spaceship. Yeah, he's doing like is it Dave doing his? Re- yeah, Dave, yeah, I think it was Dave. But yeah, that just how they shot this. Even just how he's running around, yeah. like and then upside down and then back around to the camera. I thought at one point he was actually running backwards or something. Uh, well, they didn't show his feet. Yeah, I think he might have not been running forward in some weird way. Okay, I, I don't know. If I got that sense. That makes sense. I don't I know just, if it makes I, sense, I, but I, it, I it noticed something that like are they doing a trick here where he's not actually running or is he just jogging? I, I didn't. I couldn't because they weren't showing his feet. There was one spot where he's doing. It. Otherwise, I don't know how they how they did all of this. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea how they did this. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I don't know if it's just trick photography. That's what I think it was. It had to have been because. Yeah. But even so, like, still, how did they how? angle it, like, to make it seem like he's running, like, basically know, in a yeah. full circle, but, like, right. upside down? Yeah. Just so cool. On a wheel, yeah. yeah. Like a hamster wheel. I don't know. Um, and Bro- then it shows them, uh, you know, checking out this interview that's going to happen with them and BBC. Yeah, they're, they, they're, like, watching TV. Yeah. Another just more world building, more more set design. They're almost, they're looking at things that look like a large tablet. Yeah, yeah. Another again. Right, like how predicting cool is this? iPads. I know, that's really what he did. Yeah. He did vid- video conferencing and then, you know, looking at a, you know, an iPad. Right, yeah. It's not even like I don't know that he was even trying to do that, but he did. Right. Great yeah. stuff. It's just there. Like these thin things that they're watching BBC I don't even know how on. they pulled that off because I they know. didn't look cuz obviously they didn't have flat screens then. Right, yeah. So I don't know what he did. That's crazy. I yeah. know. 
The so filmmaking, cool. like you say, and everything is practical. I don't know. Were they building these massive sets? I don't know what they were doing. Crazy. I mean, they had to have. I mean, it's there's no other. I think that's just what they used to do. I mean, they use these huge spaces now just for green screen. Yeah, you know, there's you know, if you look at the behind the scenes of like Avengers and stuff, like it's just like these massive area, but it's all green screen. Yeah, it's just I guess they used to just take the time to use that huge area for to actually building real things, something. Yeah. yeah. Now we talk about, or I love to talk about, well, both of us really about ambition in filmmaking, and this is maybe the most ambitious movie I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, this guy is. He's reaching really far out there, <laughs> and he's in. He becomes indulgent he, in it as he's doing it. <laughs> he asks what I don't think enough filmmakers do today. He asks the audience to think, yeah, and really pushes that. Right, that he pushes like, your thoughts. He pushes your patience. He really is asking a lot of his right. audience. Yeah, because there's so many scenes where it's just like, get on with it. What's <laughs> what are you doing here? So, uh, so do, yeah. Do you, well, let me just ask you this, though. But do you think this p- part of that is just our our 2018 sensibility? Our watching yeah. Infinity War, our watching our Deadpool 2? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I think that's why attention spans have gone down in kids because they I don't just, have any attention. Yeah. I, I can't even read anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough. I mean, especially when you have everything in front of you, you can just pull up on your phone, you know, a Whoa. video of how to do this, how to do that. Like, God bless all of you that have sat through this far into this show, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, I'm just saying it's really yeah. hard to, to stay engaged in one thing at any, any given point in time. Definitely. This movie really, really stretches it, but it's so worth it. The quality is so worth it. Yeah. I mean, I'll get to what when he's stretching in a minute, but first of all, Give me your thoughts on Hell 9000. Let's talk about Hell 9000, Hell 9- which we just did a top five villains episode. I think now that I've seen this, finally, um, I think this Hell 9000 would be in my top five villains. Doug- oh, yeah, me too. Douglas Rain did the voice of Hell 9000. So again, sorry to interrupt. What are your thoughts on Hell 9000? Well, yeah, I'd agree with I put him in my top five as well, certainly uh, over Tommy DeVito, which you really had a problem with. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Joe Pesci. Yeah, yeah what are you doing? Man? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Hell 9000 sneaks up on you, and uh, he's really menacing in a very quiet, I don't know, the, it's the voice, I think, is a yeah. lot of it. Douglas Rain did the voice. He's, which It's very even keel, but it, it menacing in its own right. way. It's so calm. It's sort but... of threatening without, without spelling out the threat. Right. And we figure out kind of quickly that he's a liar. Yep. Wow. What a, little, what a little shit. I know he's not supposed. I mean, he's uh he's the most advanced uh, artificial intelligence. Doesn't make a mistake, right? He's perfect, right? Yep. And as soon as uh, he's talking to Dave, as soon as it gets a little personal for Hal about what he might be doing, what his motivations are, because they're where it's Dave and the other guy. I don't know his name. Dave and the other guy. Yep. Dave and the other guy, and then there's three crew, crew members who are in cryo sleep. Dave and uh, Frank Poole. Yeah, Frank Poole. Um, they're, you know, Hal is like, it's, okay, so Hal is like talking to Dave about, you know, we're on this mission, that things don't seem quite what they are, I don't understand, which we, we learn later that he's lying about that. Right. And as soon as Dave says, what are you working up a psychological profile on them, Hal all of a sudden finds a problem with the communication section of the ship. Yeah. Hmm. He's I think a liar. it's going to fail in <laughs> 72 hours. He doesn't want to answer Dave's question, right. so he creates a problem. Yeah, it's just sort of how I wrote. I read it right. So yeah. he's a liar. He's 
and he's so they go and they go and they bring this thing back. It works perfectly. Dave's testing it. Hal can't find the thing. Say, so oh, just reinstall it. We'll wait for it to fail again. That's a lot. I mean, he's pushing these guys. Is here's a deeper question for you: Is he lying or is he just withholding the truth? And is withholding the truth lying? Uh, well, withholding the truth that could. You know that affects a, a truth that will affect other people negatively. I call that a lie. Yeah, yeah, but I'd say yeah, I'd say so too. But he uh, invents the, the, there was no problem with the communications thing, right? Yeah, so um, that's a lie. Which maybe, oh well, yeah, what he's withholding is what he knows about the mission. Yeah, so yeah, he but has that's him. a lie too. He's trying. He's probing Dave for information, right? To, to sense. Whether or not Dave is onto him, yeah, or that he's on to the mission. Like, is he gonna? F- yeah, what about these truly about this mission? You yeah. know, because I think Hell Nine Thousand's ultimate, you know, his priority is the mission. You know, that's the most important thing. Now, him. what's Hal's mission here? And i i saw I saw a description of this movie that it's actually a race between Dave and Hal to get to the monolith. And I didn't get that watching it. I but mean, it could. I think it's. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. I mean, was that was Hal like trying to shut That's, all them off? So he, if if the monolith is I, something that can advance the evolution of an entity, if, if it can apply to a human, maybe it can apply to an artificial intelligence. And Hal wanted the monolith for himself. Yeah, I don't That's know. Good. Yeah, that's. Um yeah, like to advance Hal's evolutionary, right. you know, because obviously he's, he's becoming more conscious and more sentient and, you know, everything like that. So, yeah, that's a good point. That wasn't obvious to me when because, I was watching it, but it seems clear now. Right. Or clearer. I think I was watching, I read something preparing for the show where, they, you know, someone said how um, the humans on the ship almost seemed more robotic than hell. Like they weren't showing any emotion. The one guy gets like a birthday message from his parents and he's just like, just watches it monotonely. That just doesn't show any emotion towards it. They're watching the news story of them, you know, on BBC, they're not showing any emotion. I read that. I read that. Well, that that's definitely a valid interpretation. Yeah. Now that I think of it, I read that more as just, they're literally disconnected. Yeah. And trying to, make them feel at home just doesn't work because they're not at home. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. he's, the guy's talking to his parents. Happy birthday. Doesn't mm-hmm. care. Well, because you just... It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, just it's just talking people on an iPad. Yeah. It doesn't feel real yeah, anymore. That's not the real thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how I read it, but I could certainly no, see that too. That's, that's true. Yeah, I like I like your reading better. <laughs> but yeah, Hal, you know, trying to get a, yeah, a race between him and, and Dave, you know, to get to the monolith is is a good point. Well, yeah. It's a I race mean, that no one, well, Hal knows, but Dave doesn't, didn't know. Yeah, up to that point. That that's yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah. If, if that was the case, it's an interesting take. So yeah. Um, he, you know, it gets him to go out to the communications thing, get it, and then you find out from the back on Earth that hey, there's nothing wrong with this. Like, what's what's going on? So they're they're on to hell at this point. So they they yeah they sense something in the way he's talking that doesn't quite seem right. Well, first of all, he's not supposed to be wrong, mm-hmm. so that immediately raises a red flag. And then his responses to them are not quite what they expect. I don't right. know exactly what he says to yeah. them that triggers them. But Dave's like, hey, I got a problem in Pod C. You want to come help me out with that? Come on. Let's go this A little wink, wink. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they go in the pod, and then they're like, what are we going to do about hell? There's something wrong with right. him. They talk about what they may have to shut him down. Dave's like, he's not going to like that. <laughs> 
uh, they realize or they don't realize, but what the what the audience sees is that Hal can see through the window and he's reading their lips. Oh yeah, and such then, a cool shot too because it's like silence when you see Hal's point of view and it's just going back and, <laughs> back forth, and forth with their lips. It's just like, oh man. So other guy has to go put this communication thingy because because they're like well, let's just play along with them for now right you know let's, let's play along with them now. go it, ahead and put it, it back it, it, it was functioning as far as i could tell right and if hal's hal's advice to put it back i guess he's sound if it's gonna fail let's just wait till it fails now we'll go back and bring it out and fix it so other guy goes out there and he's very vulnerable <laughs> next yeah. thing we know he's flying out of yeah. space uh, just like almost like a jump cut it's just like all of a sudden he's like yeah there's like this quick like um um like zoom into Hal because Hal is represented by this. What do we want to call this? An eye? Yeah, this circle. This this bl- this black with circle with a, with a it's red and then like yellow yeah. iris almost. Yeah, I'm which I'm probably gonna order a shirt that has that now. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hal kills this guy, right? Yeah. How else do we say it? And then Dave tries to go after him. And then while Dave's going after him, he kills all the astronauts still in hibernation. Yep, he kills all the life support systems. <laughs> like, good this is getting Lord. really serious here, yeah. right? Uh, Dave rushed out without his helmet, uh, opened the pod bay doors. Hal, Dave, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. Oh, my God, just so calmly. <laughs> we know where this, I don't know, we know where this is going. Or, yeah. or and then he hangs up on him, basically. And Dave is like, the problem for Dave is he doesn't know how to respond. Yeah. You can't yell at him like another person. Yeah. You can't be like, God damn it, hell open. That's not going to work. Right. How do you... He's, you? I almost feel like I'm I'm, I'm reading Dave... The, the gears churning in Dave's right. yeah, mind. Yeah, because you're like, no, don't overreact because yeah. that's just going to... Exactly. You know, that's not going to do anything. No. So yeah, you're definitely part... What, you're what Dave you at that moment. What do you say to hell to get yeah. him to cooperate with you and... It turns out nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nothing can get him to change, especially. Um, well, I love, love the ending of the conversation. I find no further purpose. Of the, or, you know, I forget what exactly what he yeah. says, but there's no purpose for this conversation any longer. Like, goodbye. There's no, yeah. Goodbye. It's just. Getting hung wow. up by a robot. Which I think that's how we should end the show now. Once we find <laughs> that exact quote, it's just. <laughs> there's no more use for this conversation. Goodbye. Um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so Dave has to force his way into the ship, which right. is crazy. Crazy on its own, what right. he has to do, and he's on a mission to shut down hell. Yeah, which is cool on its own. Um, I thought there might be well in a sorry, but in a in a movie that came out and comes out, I guess past the ni- past nineteen ninety would be a sort of battle between right, like he would do stuff to the electronics to yeah, like shoot out steam. Or, yeah, exactly, like to stop him more. But like I find it, this more realistic. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I like what he what happens here far better. You feel the impact of it, I think, a little more just because it's. I don't know. You're shutting down this important, like this this thing, this computer is important to the mission. They need you know, him. They right? need him. Yeah. So, like, even if we shut him down, we still need his like his whatever they call it, essential functions, or right? Because he's yeah. connected deeply into the computer. He right. runs everything. Yeah, exactly. Because they're talking to him like, open a door, do this, do that, and he does it. I think it's good to keep him more robotic because that makes him more, I don't know, just more menacing in a way because he's not. Because I, th- I always say like Vito Corleone makes a great bad guy. Just you're scared of him without him ever showing an act of violence, yeah. you know, and that's kind of how Hal is, you know, and it's uh, 
Well, just, it would turn into a cartoon, I think, if he started somehow fighting back. Yeah, exactly. You but, know, you, but I'm glad you brought up the point. It's like movies, like, yeah, again, from like the 90s on, like, would definitely have somewhere, even like Alien. Yeah. You know, those movies. It would have like, changed what the movie is. Right. Because, you know, the reality is, you well, what they did was they have fail safes and a lot of manual overrides. Mm hmm. So they, I'm sure they thought of this. If they need to open a door, like like well, Hal's going to lock a door and he can't get in the door. I mean, like, look, it, you just, you create a handle that you can physically right. open, right? Yeah. Something like that. Or what's he going to do? He's going to cut off the oxygen. It's not really, that's not what the movie's about here. Right, exactly. Not yeah. what's going on. And, it's, and the impact here when he's like unplugging his the discs or whatever, his, his memory slots, whatever those are. They drag this on and now I'm feeling bad for hell. I know, especially like... <laughs> Well, and I, and I like how when uh, Dave finally gets in, you know, he's uh, he's like, <laughs> in a sense, saying like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I mean, let's calm down for a second yeah. here. Let's uh, let's pump the brakes a little." <laughs> like that's essentially what he's saying. But he's just like, "Dave, I I think you should reconsider yeah, what you're I, doing." He's like, I, I'm all. He's like, "I'm all better now." Or yeah. roughly, it's like I, I think you know my errors have been fixed. Yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like talking to like an alcoholic. Yeah. Right? He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to drink anymore yeah. or whatever. You know, it's like someone, right. someone, they're clearly just trying to say anything they could say well, to get you to stop. It's funny because what he was saying to Dave is what I thought Dave was going to start saying to Hal before he let him in. Like, all right, you know, we're not going to do that. We're not going to shut you off. Just yeah. let me in. Like, I thought that's what he was going to say to him. So it's interesting that the AI thing is fighting for survival now. You know, he's, you know, yeah. showing that evolutionary. He you is, know, yeah. Uh, he has a consciousness. He's aware of himself and his surroundings. And right. he, I mean, he's super smart. He's a, kind of a person. Right. You know? Yeah. But the, the turn he takes is it's not good. <laughs> not so much. But. I mean, it's not, I, I can't sympathize, or I don't even really, what, why is he, why does he do what he does? I mean, exactly. I don't completely understand. We can theorize that, I mean, hey, he wants to think for himself. He's afraid that they're going to, just shut him down but it's not without cause he's right. lying yeah. to them i mean i think in a way i did again read somewhere i don't claim this to be my own that he was program not programmed but yeah essentially programmed to lie which a machine that is supposed to be this most reliable machine yeah. to then be asked to lie about the mission Okay. Caused him to go insane because it didn't. It conflicted with yeah. Who it conflicted he's with to be. yeah. Exactly. Like so, it conflicted with who he was. So by not sharing the information about the mission to them, it it made him like short circuit. In right. Sense. Exactly. Like or oh, just yeah, sense. just make you again go insane. And I think that's part of the song he starts singing. Daisy, Daisy. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. So oh, I mean, that's, that's yeah. Oh, that's deep. Oh, yeah. I totally missed that. That's yeah. a great interpretation. Which I love when he's singing that song. Not that I love. I don't I care just, for the song, but just, yeah. No, I mean, I just love that, the filmmaking of that, just oh. the, the film aspect of that, him singing the song as he's dying. Well, it's interesting because they have <clears throat> they have some pretty intimate, it seems like they have some pretty intimate and honest conversations with one another. Right. And I think they're probably, Hal and Dave, at least Dave, he seems to have the best relationship with Dave, but they seem to have a, a level of intimacy. Yeah. If that's the right word. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's... Uh, Comfort. Um, right, yeah, they 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 know each other now. Like they're they're kind of at a like they play chess together, and right. you know they're and maybe Hal just had a breakdown. Yeah, interesting thought there. Yeah, yeah. That's... Well, what I want to say too is from everything I understand about this movie, and I didn't want to. 
I really didn't want to look up too much about it. But from what I could gather briefly, I had to. <laughs> like, it's just, I, did, I mean, just, I I could I had to. Yeah. Too, but uh, but from what I understand, Kubrick is purposely ambiguous, and there yes. actually aren't there really are not answers to this movie, which I can appreciate. Like I, I like it more that there aren't. Yeah, that that's that's what art is is letting the viewer right interpret it for themselves. Oh, absolutely. If it makes you feel this way, great. If it makes this guy feel a totally different way, awesome. It's a beautiful choice with the with the not a lot of dialogue. It's a beautiful choice by making it purposely ambiguous. You know, like you said, you get out of it what you put into it. It's your own interpretation. I love that. I yeah. love that so much. Yeah, me too. I love that there's no answer. There's no little key that's like, oh, okay, this fits in there. The way we could talk about Hal's motivations. Mm-hmm. Why does he do what he does? And there is no clear answer. That makes it much more enjoyable enjoyable to me. Yeah, definitely. Because even movies that uh, do give you answers, uh, you know, again, just the beauty of art, even the movies that do give you answers, different people can feel different things yeah, about it. Sometimes they're not very satisfying. Yeah, sometimes the answer yeah. that you think of in your mind just is better. Right, but you, you know? can still come up with interpretations. Um, right. But... A movie that doesn't give you answers and just totally leaves it up to the audience, I, I appreciate even more just because it's... Well, if done right, whatever. If it's just confusing, then that's... Right. No. Confusing yeah. for cute confusion's sake. It's a fine line to walk, and right. this movie walks it, sure. walks that tightrope the whole way Definitely. beautifully. Because there are some that just... I guess there were some uh, people who walked out of this movie. Like, I, I was at... I don't know if it was at Cannes. If Cannes was even around then, uh-huh. um, or what? It was at some sort of festival where a bunch of people walked out just because they. Uh, we don't even know what it's about. You know, I, you know so. I think I think my dad told me he saw this in the theater and fell asleep. Really? Which I could. I that makes me really angry yeah. at him <laughs> as from a person to a person. Idiot. You know, you yeah. you spawned a child that is in love with this movie, and yet you fell asleep. You had the opportunity to see this at right. a theater, and you fell asleep. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> but I could actually see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been sleepy at a theater. I don't know if it's if, not for a casual movie fan. No, I mean you can. I can see kind of falling asleep there. Just like, yeah, honestly, even, yeah, even us, you know, who are. I've had a, you know, if I've had a long day and no one's talking and yeah. it's just a spaceship flying for ten minutes, I might go to sleep. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt when uh, was it before the um, Frank got murdered? Um, yeah, you know when he's flying through space, like uh-huh. it's just them, just him going and getting the thing, putting the thing back. It's just like. Taking forever. Oh yeah, like yeah. And you just hear the breathing, which I love the sound design of the breathing Sounds and everything. Great, just yeah. so awesome. Um, and then the silence of him, you know, uh, trying to fight for the oxygen uh, back in his thing. But just that took forever. It really did. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's like. And then Dave getting him back, like and that pulling took him even in. longer. It's like, man, what's going on? Because they they sort of left it a little bit not clear if he was alive or not. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, Dave's trying to get him back. You know he's. Kind of know he's dead, but right. he actually didn't see his face. And then when he finally gets him, he's like, he's not moving. Okay, right. that was his oxygen thing. Oxygen thing. Definitely. That's not a good design there for the suit where it could just come unplugged. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a bad deal. We're going to have to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something better than a hose that yeah. could just come unplugged. And I think it, by 2001, that was probably fixed. I um, hope so. <laughs> uh, so let, you want to move on to the rough conclusion of this movie? because. Yeah. I mean, I think we've Hal goes bad. Dave unplugs him. Oh, and then Dave gets a really important message, a pre-recorded message saying, "By now you're in the um, the Jupiter space." Right. And uh, Hal has known the whole time about what this is, which is this is a mission because okay, so we go back to the moon, back to the beginning. This other group of characters right. from an hour before. 
um, they, when they went to the moon, the, when they touched it, it sent off this massive signal to, to Jupiter. Right. And that's all it did. Yeah. So we're going there. Right. Because, so that brought man to Jupiter. So the question is, right, so the, the evolution was, and I want to, if this is how you feel about this, the monkey or chimp touched the monolith, and then it got the idea to use a tool, um, and that was an evolution. Right. So I guess, is the evolution here that we have to push to this place? That's, we don't, we don't, we didn't gain knowledge, what we gained is a a direction, a destination, a destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something to fight for, to just to, to go after, to go after. Yes, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, yeah. Um, the, and by getting to that, reaching that destination is that's what's needed right. to, for the next stage of evolution. Right. Okay. Dave gets there by himself. Yeah, after he disconnects hell and everything. Yeah. Right, and then suddenly we see another monolith floating, just floating there. <laughs> floating. Yeah. He gets in a pod and chases after it, and then he does. <laughs> What happens here? <laughs> uh, about 25 minutes worth of uh, acid. Uh, it looks like a kaleidoscope. Yeah, you know, we're going uh, into plaid. You're going into plaid, <laughs> yep, just like Spaceballs. Um, yeah, it's just uh, music, and you know we're just going through. You know Those you shots see, of his, him you in the helmet. Yes, yeah, and you see like the terrain of the Earth, but like in this, like... I don't want to call it a negative. Hue-ish, hue-ish color. Yeah. yeah, it's like two tones. Like a, It would be like a... A blue and yeah. an orange or something. Yeah. And Crazy. it's just going on and on <laughs> and on. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call it a negative either. Uh, it's just, it could be cut a lot. No, I meant like a, I, I said, I said oh, negative. Oh, a negative. Yeah, yeah, negative. yeah. But this, yeah. it's not, it's not black and white. It's like, just sort yeah. of like that though. It's like, yeah. Too, yeah. Uh, but this one takes a little bit of time. But the pod ends up in a room yeah hotel room or like this a, white floor this like fluorescently lit, lit floor yep. that's like almost like french decor mm-hmm. <laughs> classical french decor and dave's there in his pod at uh-huh. first and then he walks up to a mirror he he's older right yeah and then he's older he's but well, no but in the suit yeah in the suit he's, he's older yep. he's aged mm-hmm. yeah yep then he looks over uh-huh. and it's him eating at a table. Well, yeah. I mean, we stretch this out. It's it's a versus which is a guy with his back turned to us eating. Yeah, and he looks over, and hey, that's Dave. It's, it's almost like <laughs> horror movie stuff right here. Like, I know. It's very eerie, um, incredibly eerie, incredibly confusing. Yeah, and then that, and then we go back to that man eating his dinner, and then it moves to an an an, an a more older version of Dave. Yeah. laying in bed, laying like in bed. what seems like a deathbed. Right, and and then so is this himself seeing all this, or is this just we're just going through time now? Like, all right, he's been in this room for this long, and he's now this old man. He's been in there for forever, or is this just Dave kind of seeing this in his mind? Oh well, I don't know. Well, but that's well, another question. I, <laughs> I, I, I lean towards the second version that he's not he's not there for like fifty years. Okay, like it's we're seeing it in real time. Like he's evolving in his own way. I think mm-hmm. he's aging in this place. I guess. I think. Yeah. <laughs> he become well because he's well he's two people. I guess right. He's seeing an older version of himself. And right. Then he, yeah. And then the Dave in the spacesuit goes away. Yeah, and yeah, because yeah, yeah, you see him see himself, but then once he's that self, yeah. he, he looks back and that guy's not there anymore. He's, the astronaut's not there. He becomes 
him an older yeah. version of himself. I don't. At I don't know. First, when I first when he first got you know was going through things and you started hearing noise, I thought he was going to see the monkeys like hitting the thing, like yeah. almost like an interstellar type. Oh, okay. You know, explanation, but that obviously didn't. No, that happen. didn't happen. And then so he's on his deathbed, I guess it looks like, and yeah. he's reaching. And there's the monolith uh, appears at the foot of his bed. Yep. Holy crap! Here, what's going it's on? A, I never thought like, uh, yeah, like this big rectangular thing could be so like have such a presence and be like, whoa, what is this? It does, <laughs> and it almost has like a life of its own. It's like a character in a sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you well, because you know the you get a sense of what the power is behind this thing. Right. You yeah. saw it, mm-hmm. and then he turns into a fetus. <laughs> That floats into the monolith? Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. And, and then, then the fetus becomes gigantic. Yeah. Big big god baby floating over the earth. Because it's Dave. Yeah. It's not a yeah. baby. Yeah. It's, it's clearly his, his face. face. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Did I miss anything? No. Um <laughs> He's in like a and he's like in the he's like in the I don't know the fluid and yeah. I, or, so I mean, here's the initial interpretation I have of that. When he's going through that um, acid trip or whatever, uh, at one point there's a certain image that is just like infinite space. Just what, like, what did existence begin as for me? Like, I almost had this like experience myself just watching it in my in my own. I was just like wondering, just like. If you, you know, whatever, but like the, you know, what do you if, mean? if you believe in God or whatever, like yeah. where did he begin? Like what, like there's just this infinite space and time. Okay. Like where's the beginning of, of the creator or God or whatever? Like it's just, it's infinite. Yeah. Right? Infinite. It's so Dave, like, so Dave at various stages of his life, I guess that would answer the question. It's not that he's actually aging. Yeah. He's just cycling through. Right. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause Dave well, is Dave. It doesn't matter if he's young or old, I well, guess. Yeah. Well that, and then also just the thought of, you know, this infinite time and this God that's been around for Ever. unfathomable, yeah, right? <laughs> like, or did at one point, did he just become, you know, at what point did God just become, so I was thinking just like the baby, I guess, kind of symbolizes just man is still just a baby in this yeah, is huge it, is it rebirth? existence. That, yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's obvious. Yeah, right? definitely. But is, um, is, he, is the entity a symbol or is he a god baby that floats over <laughs> Earth to like impart knowledge? I don't know. That's the, so that's, but th- yeah. that's my initial interpretations. But, you know, just those are just some of the ideas I had. But the ultimate. So he's reason the baby is over the earth. I have no idea. But he's a symbol. It just it gave me a symbol of yeah, just how mankind is still as even though it's been around since if you count the dawn of man that seems like millions of years ago. Mm -hmm. It's still just a baby compared to the whole universe. Okay, yeah, in a way. That's just my initial thoughts. I know there's other things. I don't. That's not my final interpretation of it. I don't know that there really is. But what? What? I mean, what were your initial thoughts? What were your I, I feelings on it. I had to. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's easy to make fun of. It's easy to be like, "What? What is this?" Like, I can see that, but at the same time, I appreciate the. Yeah, I guess I don't want to. I don't want to say the word rebirth, but it, it felt like a new dawn of man. I guess, and I don't think that. I don't know. I don't think it's God, baby. I think it's. <laughs> 
every time you say that, it just makes. No, I love the, I love I love the phrase. I really do. Yeah, you know, God baby is. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I think it will go. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe he can send a monolith, back, another monolith to Earth. I don't know. It maybe he has that yeah. connection. He achieves something, right? Dave does. Yeah, definitely. Dave achieves yeah. something greater than normal humanity. So he evolves. I think yeah. that's clear. He evolves into something greater than a human. What, definitely, yeah. Whatever that is, I don't know. Right. So the first monkey sort of did that. Right. Not that we're all going to become fetuses, but there's something there that Dave is going to teach us. Yeah. I don't know what that is. But it, 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 I think it's certainly a sense of of hope. Yeah, for like, humanity. Yeah, like it, 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 even though it seems obvious, like it is the rebirth of man. Like we, you know, almost like a fresh start. Yeah, that's how I see it. You know, it, um, it's, it's hopeful. It's a sense of renewal. It's here's the next step. Right. Because he could easily could have been a man you know, above the sky, you know, and then you know, but to, for it to be a baby just means means something. About it's got to be good, right? Babies right. are good. Yeah, babies could be are good. A, could be an evil god baby. <laughs> that's true. <but laughs> yeah, that's true too. I don't know. That's uh, where just, we. I don't know where we settle it on just it. Blew my mind. I, I mean, I, I don't know where to settle on it. And I mean, it, I think it literally just ends. Yeah, I think if I watch this again, I could get something else out of it, and that's the another beauty of this movie is just I think if I watch this again, I might get something else. If I watch it the next time, could get something else. I, I like that man has to reach. To their limit, to, yeah. To get to this thing, mm-hmm. and we saw that in Interstellar too, right? And I like that. I, I love that theme. I love that, like reaching as you know your absolute maximum to the stars, mm-hmm. and then you get this reward for doing it. I love that. You know, we. Yeah. I, I love having to, you know, that sort of ambition in humanity and for and in film. Right. Stanley Kubrick is wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's it's a challenge, but. This is an incredible yeah. movie. I mean, it almost seems like this could be the rebirth of film, like back then. Like the, he's, he's like reforming it and saying, "All right, let's start here and go." If everybody, you know. if what we read is true, I mean, this was a, a total game changer. Yeah, I mean, we can't. It, it seems like it's almost like um, when you discover like a Beatles song and you're like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Right? And you're like, "Okay, kid." Like <laughs> so in 1966, everybody knew this song. You're not the first one to hear it. Right? Like it's. No big deal. And this is like the movie, like we talk about, oh, this is, I know this song. I heard this parodied in a million different movies. You know? <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it becomes so much a part of movies, so much a part of science fiction, so much a part of ambitious filmmaking that you almost take it for granted. And then right. when you go experience it for the first time, you're like back to the beginning. Right, yeah. You know, when the world has already like incorporated it into what they do. Right. But for us, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I loved, I loved this movie. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Like, it's just so unique and just, I can't believe I'm just now getting around to to experiencing it. And that's, yeah I'm using experiencing it because I think this is, this movie is an experience. And I think if it's ever in the theater uh, around oh, us, going, I have to go. Absolutely like, going. This it's, is, yeah it's a must see. I feel um, like we're being totally honest here too, in the sense we're like, Look, if this thing, if I didn't think it was that good, we would have just said it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, is it exceeded? Yeah, I'm not going to say, oh, it's a classic movie. It's Everyone, a Kubrick. You know, yeah, yeah, it's 2001. I, 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 I would have been like fine it. walking out being like, yeah, this thing was it was pretty good. It had its faults. Right. This might be, like, you know, we talked about Strangelove. Strangelove had its problems, and we talked about that. 
there aren't a lot of problems in this movie. No, definitely not. <laughs> this is fantastic. I, I, I'm so I'm sorry that I waited so long to see this. Yeah, movie. me too. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing I would ever change about it is maybe some of the scenes to cut a little bit. This could do some editing. Yeah, you could edit this thing down to so, an hour and forty. You know, uh, two hours. A lot of movies. I'll you know I'll say that, and it's like, well, you know, uh, you. you you extend those scenes to give more emotion and to give you more of an impact. Whereas this, I think you could still cut it and you'd still feel the same impact. It's not editing for content. Right. It's yeah. just editing for, for fluff. It's right. editing for Kubrick's indulgences. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, Hey, well, you know, we got the, we got the spaceship moving. Let's, let's throw, let's throw another 30 seconds of score in here. <laughs> yeah. Really see, let's make this landing. Right. Really draw this yeah, thing. Let's <laughs> just a little bit longer here. So he, so I think that's, if there's really a flaw to this movie, it's just Kubrick's indulgence. Right. Exactly. How would you, uh, how would you rate it? I'm going to give this thing four and a half stars. I want to give it, give it a fifth, but following up on what I just said, his indulgence, it's its a legit flaw. Right. You need to make a timeless movie, and he does it, but he doesn't quite have a perfect timeless movie. Yep. Vertigo is a perfect timeless movie. Yeah. Okay, so there's a difference there. Um, Popcorn-wise, I'm going to give it three buckets of popcorn just for that reason, but I really loved it. I almost want to... You know I'm going to give it... What the heck? I'm just going to give it four buckets of popcorn just because really? I love it. Really? Nice. I just love it. Okay. I really love it. You um, know, and what I really like, it, before we even get to the meat of the movie, I love the first hour. Yeah, I know. It's we get great. the monkeys like, and just, then the, the whole like moon thing. Right, yeah. It's just beautiful film. It's just film. like way in the past to way in the future. I know. Even it's still future for us just because we and, haven't gotten to the point of... You know that kind of space travel. No, yet. we haven't. But all of it, all of this movie is accessible. I love that. I don't know that. It, and Kubrick's world building, his set design, the sound, his vision. Oh my god, I love love yeah. this movie. Yeah. If this thing comes out, yeah, the movie theater, we will be the yeah, first this, people to see it. This is yeah, definitely one that. You Please, know, someone in Tampa, put this thing. Out. I know. Seriously, um, I give this uh, again. I I was had the same thing, four and a half stars, and I, I give it a little. I give it two buckets of popcorn again, just because it's long and you know it's. Not uh, not a lot of popcorn. Anyways, I'm not going to explain myself. It's uh, four, know, four and a half and uh, two buckets of popcorn. I, th- I threw an extra bucket in there just because I, I love it, and yeah. it doesn't really deserve it. Maybe I'd stick back with my original no, three buckets. No, but hey, hey, I said four, and that's you it. You said four. Stick to, it. stick to it. I'm on record. But so I really go. loved it, though. I just loved every bit of this movie. Really, if we just can, if someone could cut this thing, to, like a two-hour cut, yeah. this, this could be golden, a perfect film. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much our, our thoughts on it. Again, it's just, uh, I discovered a uh, strange love on the show because yeah. of you. Now I discovered uh 2001, a space odyssey. I want to do more on the Kubrick. show. I, I definitely, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sold on Kubrick. He's an American treasure. <laughs> In 2018, I'm finally, I'm finally sold on Kubrick. This Kubrick guy, <laughs> show me more of his films. So uh, let's do a quick rundown here. Just, I've got the, in front of me, have you seen Lolita? I haven't. Nope. Have you seen? You know, I. When was the last time you saw Spartacus? I, I'm I, sure you've seen it, right? I mean, at least in partials. I've never seen Spartacus. I've seen only pieces of it. I'd do that. Um, Spartacus, a- the killing. No, he didn't do AI. That's not. Right. Oh, did he write it? Uh, the killing. I never saw the killing. Me neither. Paths of Glory. Barry Lyndon. I don't even know what these movies. Barry are. Lyndon and Paths of Glory. I keep hearing on Twitter, like when I, you know, keep posting the strange love episode people keep saying oh really yeah okay so um so any of these really i mean if you guys are listening and uh you want to give any ideas he's only made 16 movies that's not a lot yeah uh let's say his first one was flying padre 1951 short another 51 short first feature film was 
Killer's Kiss, 1955, Killing, 1956, Paths of Glory, 57, Spartacus, Lolita, and uh, yeah, The Shining in 1980. <laughs> he didn't actually didn't make a lot of films. He made Full Metal Jacket in 1980. I see, I see what you're doing over there. <laughs> uh, Full Metal Jacket in 87, and his last film was Eyes Wide Shut in 1999. So he didn't make a film from... Full Metal Jacket till no, Eyes he, Wide Shut? He didn't make... So The Shining was wow. 80. The next one was 87. And then he... So he's like a four or five year... The guy only made 17 movies and three of them were shorts. Wow. Look at that. So that's not like... We look at like... You know, it's like Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the guy's that made like 40 movies. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. I don't even remember... It's like, well, Woody Allen's well, movie yeah, yeah. of the year. Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, but, but even like Spielberg, Scorsese, like they're like... That's not a lot of movies same, for a guy that started in the 50s. Yeah, exactly. Same... Uh, 40 years. They're, they're, they belong in the same sentence as Kubrick, and they've made ridiculous amounts of movies. Um, all right, folks. That's it. That's well, 2001 is, A Space Odyssey. This is an amazing, amazing movie. And Guys, go check this thing yeah, out if you haven't so seen good. it. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's just... I, I'm, I, again, I love doing this podcast just because I'm discovering... Not to, I, not that I've discovered 2001, but well, we I'm, did, I'm seeing more movies than I... Boy, this, is a, this is a discovery for me. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And no. th- this is fantastic. I, I, I'm not... I'm not saying it because it's a Kubrick and it's a classic movie. I mean, it's it's it is what it is for a reason. Right. Yeah. And we discovered it freaking fifty years later. Mind blowing. <laughs> hey, it's Davo. I wanted to connect with Ben. We just did 2001: A Space Odyssey, an episode that is either going to connect to this or uh, you'll just get a little bit ahead of time. This movie is really stuck with me for a few days, and I remember we were talking about the ending. I feel like we were a little bit rushed on our episode, and I wanted to just touch, just to do a little short conversation to just touch on that again, because I think Ben made a, I think Ben made a really good point that I didn't quite either grasp or have a chance to really sort of mull over, and I, and I think I, I think I completely agree with what he, what he says on this. Um, and this is a really interpretive movie, so there's really no right or wrong answer on this. But there's so much going on in this film from start to finish. The end is really crazy. We've got a god baby, is what I think what I called it, floating over Earth yep. on this, right? Um, but, but I, and I think really what your point was, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna hand this off to you really quick here. Don't worry. Um, I think mostly when Dave is in the ship and he starts going into when he's chasing that monolith when they're in Jupiter and he's just sort of going off to space. And I think that's what we what we consider the end, right? Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm very wise, Dave. So that's why <laughs> you know you, you you really this really stuck with you. Um, but yeah, this this is something that we you know discussed further after the we have even recorded, and we're like, why aren't we still recording this right now? Right. Uh, so here we are, a few days after we recorded that, and you know, talking about this. But yeah, there's um, that scene. You know, obviously, it's uh, it's very powerful. It's very uh, open to interpretation. Right. Uh, but yeah, one of the thoughts for me was just, you know, was it just, you know, him being in that hotel and everything? Was it all just in his head? You know, was it uh, was it something that he was just ima- imagining as he was getting into that final form of. Uh, uh, becoming God baby, as we yeah. can call it. <laughs> and yeah, and I think that's a that's a really yeah. I think that's right. I mean, I think when you said that, I'm like, what do you mean, like in his head? But maybe so. I think what you mean there is like when he's in that when his pod lands in a room with white fluorescent floors with like French furniture. 
he's not actually in a in that room physically, right? Maybe. Right. Yep. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards is yeah that he's not actually physically in that room. This right. is something that's yeah again just. There aren't he's like it. he's going through this acid trip, you know, that the whole audience is essentially going through. Yeah, so so there aren't like really two versions of himself at all times. Um, and there's a duality right. there. Actually, I just thought of that because as he gets out, there's 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 Dave in the red suit, and then Dave sitting and eating, and then Dave in the red suit goes away. Dave sitting and eating, and then Dave in his deathbed. Right. Um, yeah. And then Dave. Eating goes away, and then it becomes Dave in his deathbed, and then fetus, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> so there's always two of them, but so yeah, so that's he's not actually lying in a bed, right? His pot right. doesn't actually go into a room, right? This is right. so. I think that's what you, by when you say in his mind, I mean not necessarily like his imagination, but right, his physical form is not there. It's more than it's not just in his mind, but it's it's real. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely real. It's happening. It's happening, but it's not physically happening. <laughs> Correct. If that makes sense. No, that's right. So it's, yeah, so it's just a little bit more than that, but it's not. But what you see on screen isn't necessarily a realistic representation of what's actually happening. Correct. Correct. He seems to enter this place. I don't know what I want to call it. Is it like a plane, a dimension? Right. right. Yeah. Yep. He's somewhere else. He's traveling very fast, but he seems to go somewhere else. And what his mind can interpret, maybe, is that it's in this room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, again, this is all just our interpretation of it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. there was something that you had said though. After you know, you 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 know. Well, I mean, what what then was the epiphany you came up with after? Well, well you know, I thought that was that. I mean, uh, yeah, I think I just further understood what you meant, well, or maybe just furthered it. And I think, unless you're referring well, to something. But what else. I, yeah, what I'm remembering is, you know, how you brought up that, you know, was it the, you know, essentially we think this is aliens that are making this happen, this evolutionary oh. step or whatever. Was it them making it comfortable for him oh. while on this journey to, you know, becoming this other being or this other? Yeah entity whatever it was yeah that was a quite an interesting point that you had brought up which yeah which what i thought you were referring to just now but well yeah uh, but i think i think this i think if that's the roof of the house where we we just went back to the like foundation and walls and i think that sort of is it yeah we were kind of talking around this concept and i think we kind of ironed it out just now right you're like it's in his mind and i'm like i don't know maybe it's this and i'm like okay well so it's not it's exactly what Ben was. It's what Ben was saying. It's not. It's a representation. It's it's the way he can process. It's definitely aliens. I don't think it's. I don't think it's humans. No. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. It's not an interstellar situation or anything like that. So it's what they think will make him. Who knows what the style is in two thousand one? Maybe that's what bedrooms look like. And that's yeah. something to think about. You know, I mean, maybe that almost, looks like his room. Maybe that's his house. It almost seemed though like pre. Like it seemed like it was way in the past, almost like it was. Uh, well, you know, like things are cyclical, but yeah, I know that was definitely like some sort of a like I don't know, I don't, I don't know my, I don't know my my uh, fashion decor or whatever. But I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. that's like 1700s France or something like that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or like in that style, whatever that. There's probably a name for it, but I don't yeah, know what exactly. it is. Exactly. 
Uh, but something, yeah, so something I colonial. I don't know. <laughs> colonial is that it? No, I'm just giving oh, another no. example of a style, the classical or neoclassical or neo something or whatever. Right. But it looks like or Victorian, right? Some so, well, something like that. I don't know if that's so. Is that is there a, so? We, do we want to look think about what that style might mean or or not? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely something to explore. Um, yeah, why? Why? I mean, obviously, a lot of it is just Kubrick, and he has a specific style. But uh, well, that's interesting. though. hold on, because as you say that, yeah, he's not. Everything else we see in the movie, I think, is is futuristic. <laughs> but this is not right. He's not showing you a futuristic place. He's showing you a place that has a. A, a retro feel, a history. Right. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why that? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's 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 the question right there. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just kind of bringing it back. I guess uh, bringing it back to. I don't know. I, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, this movie brings up so many points that it just like it's so hard to wrap your head around, but it's yet, yet so fascinating. You know, kind of similar <clears throat> thoughts. You know, with Interstellar. Um, you know, it's uh, in different ways, <laughs> but yeah, they're yeah, they're unanswerable. Right. So there is a sequel to this. There's 2010. Mm-hmm. This, is that a movie you want to maybe do or care about? I don't I, know. I, Obviously, I this one can't. Isn't, the show. It's, it's definitely a movie I want to check out and see, possibly. Um, but uh, I think it it goes further into the actual the book this movie's based off of. Okay. Um, and it gives further answers as to I think how Hell, uh, Hell Nine Thousand, why he did what he did, things like that. But I don't know if those are answers I necessarily want, an- or questions but, I necessarily want answered. You know, I, yeah, like I agree for interpretation. Um, so what do you think? So what does God Baby do here? Where, where does God Baby go? Does God Baby now have control of like a monolith? Does he send one to Earth again? What does God maybe do? Because it feels like if 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 Dave, if we're if we're just gonna follow this out, I guess let's assume that we know exactly what Kubrick is thinking. And what Kubrick is thinking is that Dave doesn't actually go and walk around in a in a house with with a white light floor. Dave is actually still in space, and he's he's aliens are showing him something and putting it in a way that they think that he'll understand. And maybe that's why they're showing him historical furniture, right? Cause that's, it'd be like, um, me trying to relate to like a, you know, a seven year old right now and all the stuff that he watches, like my version of showing to him, he'd be like, to him, it's lame to me. I think that's what's normal or right. something like that. Maybe you just, you know, that'd be that nuance is skipped over. Right. But, uh, assuming that that's true anyways. <clears throat> so he had, he ends up, He's on this like plane, this dimension. So he's sort of like he's not going back to Dave in the ship, right? He's not going back to that. He can't. He's learned too much. No, yeah, I think I think this is you know he essentially was chosen to be this sort of vessel thing, uh, thing that is the next evolutionary step for man. I think is what it necessarily essentially is um but he changes in a way much more than say the monkey that first touched the monolith changed he changes into something far like we didn't see the monkey transform into some other being or creature yeah 
I mean, maybe each step, you know, is it's a greater. Step. Yeah, is, is going to be greater than that <laughs> step was. I mean, because when a monkey discovers that he can use something as a weapon, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, sure, of course. Relatively, yeah. you know, it's all relative. You know, that's, you that's know, true. that's huge for that species. That's, you know, a huge step for them. Whereas, you know, man, you know, in this movie has, you know, almost far exceeded their expectations or their uh, ability. So at this point, you know, what's the next step <laughs> to become a giant space baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great stuff. No, you're absolutely uh, right. Oh, this is so good. I feel like I, know. I feel like I feel like I just can talk about this movie for another hour. It's not even like in front of me. I just, I mean, so, I mean what is your final interpretation though of the I of the baby? I, mean, what do you, I know that's the thing. I feel like we need to come to a conclusion, a consensus. I just of, don't get uh, like that's that. I guess that was part of my last question is. What does he do? Does he does he he must reveal himself to the rest right. of humanity, right? I mean, they're gonna notice there's a thing floating up there. He's I mean, gonna make a shadow. He's, not, he's gonna he's they're gonna see visible. him. Huh? Maybe he's not visible to the naked eye. Um I mean it, well, yeah, it symbolizes something. I know yeah, that and I I think we might have maybe we already found the answer on the show we did. I it's been you know a couple of days and my memory's you know a little hazy. <laughs> did we? I think we already did we come to a conclusion. I know when I initially said that you know the baby kind of represents just you know where man mankind is and you know the scale of the universe. There's yeah, still yeah. a baby, you know. I think we left it as symbolism and then tried to like come to some agreement so that we sounded smart, but. <laughs> I don't know that we really actually figured it out, but well, I, I mean, I, sim- symbolism-wise, yeah, I think you know that is easier than f- figuring out what this could actually mean for the this you know universe in this movie. Yeah, because I, I think about well, we, I mean, it's true though. We we made it clear, and I think Kubrick made it clear that you're not there is no real answer, and I think we are satisfied uh, just by enjoying it that there isn't one, and then you can come up with your own. But I just can't help myself thinking about it though, and then I guess. You know, maybe he really wasn't a god baby that they could see because in 2010, they would have, unless they say god baby appeared, then because they would have saw it, right? I mean, so, my, I mean, the thing with that is, I mean, he went through this like wormhole, vessel, tesseract, whatever it was type thing. So was, maybe by the time he was that baby, it was so far into the future, you know, even past 2010. Oh, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, time travel, that's possible. Or or he yeah. was just there for a minute and then went away. Yeah. Right. I guess there's no reason to think he's just going to hover there forever. But yeah. but what do I don't I just want I guess the, the next step, it's not it's not really the the interpretation. The next step is really what I want to know. It's it's the it's what Kubrick just leaves for us. And it's not I guess up to him to answer it, but he presents it to us and then goes away. So <laughs> I guess I want to know, you know, what's next, and maybe that's just the genius of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's just we. It's, it's the unknowing, you know. It's we we don't know what's next, you know. Even yeah, that wasn't the story, right? The story wasn't to tell you what's next. The story was to tell you what how, you know how they got to where they did, and then that's another story. Right. Oh, yeah. Man, I know. There's just so much to this movie. It's just so smart and so. Uh, groundbreaking even today you know seeing it for the first time a movie that came out 50 years ago can have this much of an impact on a new a new viewer uh, is quite incredible it says a lot to the film yeah um, uh, for me yeah. for me I'm thinking like um, we talked I think we talked about we could we mentioned vertigo in this earlier 
2001 mm-hmm. episode and that that one was a mind screw to me right. this one's a mind in a very different way yeah because uh, well, Hitchcock yeah. is playing with themes and characters and whole different thing Kubrick right. is talking about existence you know like the really yeah. big questions <laughs> that that I know you know I like and I know you like too I know you're like getting into this just you know contemplating this stuff you know getting something out of our little bubble and we know what's possible in ambitious filmmaking. Holy cow. This is right, maybe yeah. the most ambitious film ever made, I think. No, definitely. Yeah. Again, for it to end with a God baby is, <laughs> is quite unique and quite, uh, quite ambitious. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, anyone who, you know, can't try to find the symbolism, I, uh, almost, uh, pity them. You know, it's just, you know, try to find, you know, meaning in, in certain things in art and life and everything. And, think that's what what needs to happen yeah for sure there's there's definitely a lot of great stuff in this film a lot of really just deep questions you know and they're not always going to be if if we ever get a weird answer that we're not expecting it's not going to be an answer that's clear to us that answers every uh, bit of what we want right it's never going to be completely satisfying you know if like say aliens showed up tomorrow or if like god like made himself obvious to everyone people would still be unhappy right it's still (laughs) right he didn't say this you know i need to know (laughs) about my whatever you know right exactly there's always going to be that angle and you know the a filmmaker a filmmaker can only do so much too but right. Kubrick, that bastard, right? I mean, we're still, <laughs> we're, st- what a great legacy. I mean, is yeah, you know, definitely. I, I want to do more of his because, like, I'm now I'm curious. Is he like the greatest director of all time? I, I'm just, I know. I mean, is he? I don't, you know, I don't know, but it's definitely possible. I mean, just Strange Love and then uh, 2001 uh, alone. I mean, there's enough to to put him in that category because uh, they're so the, different, right? They're yeah, not exactly. Even, that you couldn't. I mean, you get a bit in. His approach to what he gets out of the actors, and I think set design is something he's really good at or pays right, a lot of attention definitely. to. You get like, oh, this is a beautiful film. I mean, you you can actually kind of get signatures even a little bit. But yeah, I mean, a, 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 a satire, a comedic satire, political satire about nuclear holocaust versus this <laughs> right. movie that takes us God knows where and just in what I mean, what people were, again, what people were thinking in 1968, I have no clue. Right. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, again, to go from strange love to this and yeah, I mean, then even Clockwork Orange, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, they're all such different films. It's yeah. just see what a uh, filmography this guy has. But, Maybe we'll uh, look at his, his really earlier stuff just to see because yeah. I haven't gone beyond or earlier than strange love. Yeah, same here. I really want to uh, – again, I, I know I might have said it on the last show, but I really want to watch The Killing just because I hear yeah. there's something about the ending, uh, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. Barry Lyndon, Paths of Glory. Um, and he only made that. like a dozen films or something like that. Some some, some, some like absurdly small amount of films yeah. this man directed. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, 2001. I mean, it's a movie that we could uh, <laughs> another another whole show on and and come up with totally different things. You know, well, a year I think from we now. did one, so I think we just did a show. Yeah, that's <laughs> true too. Yeah. What's our timestamp right now, Mister? Uh, we are moving on to about 20 minutes. I think we're. I think we've got enough here. I think we're about to, enough to wrap up this movie. Yeah, I really sure. wanted to just touch base with you and touch base with everybody else about this yeah. film. It's so yeah, just, we'll just. Go ahead. No, no, it's just it's crazy. It's just it's it's amazing on a first watch, and I'm we're days away. 
it's we recorded last Thursday. This is Monday. I'm still thinking about this movie, and now the more we talk about it, the more I want to talk about it. It's just I know. nuts. Did you, I just, did you watch the ending again? I did. I watched yeah. it again. Actually, and I rewound. I really love the first hour. Um, and I got back to um, I forgot the guy's name, but where he, the whole scene where he lands on that he docks with that space station and just right. sort of just talks to those people. They think it's like a um, a, a violent or virulent outbreak or like a some kind of a flu or something that's made people mm-hmm. remember that the whole cover story. That yeah. whole conversation is like wild, intense. Right, you forget yeah. about all that, the way this guy's making pleasantries and this whole side story and just this <laughs> universe that this man lives in. It's just like right. mind-blowing on its own. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, definitely want to check it out again. But, uh, but yeah, we'll splice this episode right now.